Someone once told me rules and regulations to mitigate against the risk of financial crime are useless if people in places of authority choose to violate those same rules they claim to uphold. That this remains true today is sadly reaffirmed in the results of a survey conducted by Bansonborn in the fourth quarter of 2020. Coming from enterprise banking, investments, crypto, insurance, and fintech organizations, 87% of Asia-Pacific respondents acknowledge that they consciously choose to violate laws and incur anti-money laundering fines all the time, regularly, or occasionally. Such an attitude among banking leaders and compliance professionals no doubt undermines government's efforts to fight financial crime, which has been on the upswing since the onset of COVID-19. Crime rates have been rising due to the vast amounts of public funds scurrying through the international financial system and the heightened use of digital and instant payments as businesses and purchases shift online. In this episode of Podchats for Future CIO, J.D. Tan, Managing Director of Comply Advantage Asia-Pacific, talks about the role of the CIO and the IT team in supporting company-wide initiatives to combat financial crime. J.D., welcome to Podchats for Future CIO. Thanks, Alan. Thanks for having me. Give us that 30-second elevator pitch of who is Comply Advantage. Comply Advantage is a technology company with headquarters in London and offices for Asia Pacific here in Singapore. We focus on solving problems and providing solutions around anti-money laundering and compliance using state-of-the-art technology around artificial intelligence, machine learning, as well as RESTful API. Reflecting from the results of the Comply Advantage, the State of Financial Crime 2021, what can we learn from 2020? So as part of the report, we surveyed a large number of industry respondents and one of the key themes was an increase in fraud. So 68% of respondents saw an increase in fraudulent activity across their markets. And as a result, I think a large proportion also saw a large jump in terms of filing um, suspicious activity reports. This really um, has highlighted that there needs to be an improvement upon the legacy technology that lies around the ability to identify uh, fraudulent or um, potential money laundering transactions Uh, and what we're seeing is as a result most of our respondents are also showing that um, an improvement of legacy technology so investment in technology and a focus on improving thin crime and AML data is top of their priority list moving into 2021. Were we better or worse off in 2020 compared to 2019? Covid brought a lot of challenges globally but with particular reference to payments and financial institutions brought a lot of opportunity but also a lot of opportunity for misuse so if we take the huge amounts of public funds uh, that flowed through international financial systems um, this really created a honeypot for corrupt criminals and corrupt actors um, so we talk about economic stimulus aid funding investments in health infrastructure whilst all needed to help the economy recover really did create an opportunity for criminals to mislead the public and actually misappropriate some of those funds especially when you take into account that a large populations were now forced to stay at home through lockdown orders were exposed to online shopping or e-transaction for the first time and were really vulnerable when it comes to these kind of fraudulent or cyber attacks. Is regulation insufficient or inefficient to contain these new financial crimes that use the same technology available to do business legally? I think the 
issue is not that regulations are not appropriate. Regulations are ever-evolving. Where we have seen the biggest gap is actually the technologies that financial institutions have available to them to actually combat and monitor the risks associated with ever-changing regulation. Um, and this is something that was really highlighted in 2020 throughout COVID. Uh, for example, many legacy systems required on-premise people to actually go and service, update and maintain systems. Now, in a lockdown environment, that just wasn't possible. Uh, and so many financial institutions were caught cold, not being able to maintain their systems simply by virtue of not being connected remotely to work. And so these are small examples where really, you know, we're looking for FIs and FIs are looking to update their technology to move away from these kind of legacy stacks to make sure that they're not vulnerable to these kind of external shocks as we saw with COVID uh, last year. From the perspective of the CIO, what should be top of mind or priority when it comes to mitigating against the risks of financial crime? CIOs have got to ensure that proper processes and, and infrastructure are in place to tackle financial crime and in an increasingly changing and very agile environment. So that means investment in robust, flexible and integrated screening and monitoring systems to navigate complex types of financial crime and also the investment to make sure that infrastructure as a whole is flexible enough to change and adapt. The automation process uh, is going to be increasingly important moving forward. Given the evolving nature of regulation, the preponderance of legacy systems and applications, and emerging technologies, how should the CIO balance all of these to mitigate the risk of financial crime? There are two opposing factors or, or, or forces here. One is evolving consumer demand. So consumers now are shopping more online, transacting more online, want everything instantly. As you mentioned, you have increasing regulation on the other side. And those two things actually are opposite forces. So where CIOs need to focus and FIs need to focus is what technologies can I invest in that are going to bring those two forces closer together? If a consumer wants to interact instantly, how can I clear that transaction instantly or clear that process from a risk perspective instantly so that compliance doesn't become a drag, a friction, and an increasing cost in terms of doing business. Uh, and that's where technologies can be really advantageous from turning compliance from a cost center into actually a revenue driver. How can we allow our customers to interact real time and not slow that down? So how exactly do you turn compliance, which is a cost center, to a profit center? Things like the smartphone and mobile apps have changed consumer expectation completely. Where people were willing to wait to open a bank account for three days or a week, that expectation level has changed to if I open the app today, I must be able to open my app instantly. I must be able to transact instantly. And in the case of legacy systems where instant clearance of risk or AML risk is not cleared instantly and there's a delay, there's so much choice in the market now for consumers to go somewhere else where they can get an instant uh, transaction or experience. And that's where having legacy systems that slow down processes not only causing a cost to the business, but potentially also causing you to lose customers. And that's why we've seen with our clients that we work with, integrating the correct compliance stack can actually be a revenue driver, actually a benefit, something that you put out there in terms of the ability and speed to transact and to do business, where you're actually bringing on business that uh, from your competitors that you might not necessarily have had access to previously. Financial institutions have built, in some cases, decades of processes to address evolving compliance requirements. How do you approach these organizations with a view towards improving what exists? 
there is no silver bullet when it comes to these kind of technologies. Where we would look at is where can we help make incremental improvements in the efficiency of a compliance process? Now, let's not be clear. Technology is not here to replace all human beings, right? Ultimately, there still need to be people that make decisions. Where our technology gives organizations an edge is the ability to collect and process huge amounts of information near to real time. So how can I get all the information on a person that I want, process that near to real time and allow employees at a bank or in a compliance department to make better informed decisions faster than they than they currently can with the systems that they currently have in place. Yeah, and you're right, you know, these systems have existed for decades. How can we help clients teams make more accurate and faster decisions? So actually a lot of that mundane work can now be taken away and your compliance teams can focus on the strategic, more meaningful work rather than having to constantly clear out bad data, false positives and remediate work that's constantly having to be doing the same work over and over again. When looking to possibly align compliance to current business environments, who needs to get involved? It needs to be a joined up approach across the organization. This is not a decision that can be taken just within a compliance department or the IT department. This needs to be a conjoined decision. How can we implement technology across our technology stack to embed that risk identification process in the entire life cycle of our client management? Everything from onboarding to, to every transaction and you know so on and so forth. And, and that's where sometimes these decisions have been made in silos previously, depending on the side of the organization. But it needs to be a joint up approach. This needs to be integral into the fabric of a business now and not just seen as a cost center somewhere where uh, you know, the compliance department in the, in the dark corner. It needs to be front and center of the process because as we've seen working with many of our clients, if done correctly, this could be, like we said, you know, a, a revenue driver, actually a, a tool to actually win business and, and serve your customers better rather than just a cost center or a box that needs to be ticked. What are key considerations for the CIO in strategizing how to better mitigate the risks of financial crime? You need to firstly take stock of where we are in the world today. The 2020 brought a huge amount of change in terms of the way that people transact, interact, purchase things from a digital transformation perspective. And then really the advice would be look to the market. There are lots of new upcoming reg tech or regulation technology solutions which are challenging the status quo. There are fintech businesses who are catering to ever-changing demand in a, a very nimble way. There are lessons to be learned there. And we're very fortunate here in Singapore to have a very forward-looking regulator with a very strong supervisory tech regime to actually uh, knit this all together. My advice would be keep your eyes open. Don't just accept status quo. There are new options out there. Um, assess those and then choose the ones that are going to be best for you because as new technologies are uh, onboarded and new payment methods are introduced, firms really need to manage them to ensure they don't expose their firm and their customers to enhance uh, financial crime threats. JD, thank you very much for joining us on Podcasts for Future CIO. Thank you, Alan. That was J.D. Tan, Managing Director of Comply Advantage Asia-Pacific, sharing his views on how CIOs of financial institutions in Asia-Pacific can better support evolving compliance requirements and the fight against financial crime. You are listening in to Podcast for Future CIO. As always, if you have a topic you'd like us to cover on this channel, simply email us at editors at society.com. We also invite you to sign up for our free newsletters so you won't miss an episode of Podcast for Future CIO. Stay safe. Have a great day. 
and see you on the next episode of Podcasts for Future CIO. Bye for now.